welcome back to Junior Senior 2 Views. It is Sunday, 4th of February, 2024, and we are here to talk about the week that was. Absolutely, we are. So, the championship games went on, but before that, I want to announce that me and Senior, Junior and Senior, will be doing our second annual Super Bowl stream on the 12th of February Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're still figuring out the time. We will let you know in the very next episode. Believe that. But championship games happened. So let's go over them. Right. So let's, I suppose, let's start with the AFC because that was the early game. Yep. Yes. So what we have, what we had was a situation where Baltimore, the Ravens team hosting their first uh, championship game in the city of Baltimore for over 50 years because back then they were the Baltimore Colts. Uh, lose. Yeah. Yes. Lose to the Kansas City Chiefs 17 points to 10. Uh, yeah. Left head, left scratching your head on that one. Um, not really because the, the problem throughout the game was for Baltimore. Um, they didn't emphasize the run, which I, that left me head scratching. Because their rushing attack was the best in the league by far. And they decided not to emphasize the run. Gus Edwards only had eight designed runs the whole second half. I mean, what? It, that doesn't make any sense. Also, um, they lost their heads in terms of their mentality. They, they were not disciplined at all. I am not one. I don't think the taunting penalty is great. I don't like the rule. But it is a rule. And Zay Flowers decided to betray that rule. And it was a 15-yard penalty, which they could have easily gotten a touchdown off of had he not um, decided to to flex. Um, and on the ensuing play, he got... It was a great play by LeJarrius Sneed, but he you got to hold the ball there. Um, uh, and, you, and so they lost their heads. Kyle Van Noy also. They had, I believe at one point, it was eight penalties for 95 yards. It was, it was not good. It was not good at all. Also... In the last 10 minutes, Lamar Jackson tried to play hero ball, and it didn't work at all. He started throwing long bombs, and he eventually threw a pick right into into triple coverage. Uh, and that basically sealed it. It was They had six minutes to go, but they were, they were down, and they just they weren't going to get back up because uh, the, the Chiefs offense was... Um, was just unstoppable. Patrick Mahomes had a near perfect perfect game. They weren't able to cover Kelsey at all. I mean, it was just it was it, the more experienced team won this game. That's okay. it. Okay, so I will agree with you on many of the things, particularly the complete meltdowns that the Ravens were having with the personal fouls. You know, Van Oy, like, can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Didn't he play on Patriot Championship teams? He did. So that was just losing your brain, and then. The taunting penalty, I was there watching it. Uh, Zade Flowers is a rookie, and a rookie for a reason. You want to be like Madden, watching Madden on video in a video game version, doing the first down. Do the first down, get up, let's go. Because that was a touchdown that was going to happen, right? That yeah. would have put them 17-14. to 14. Yes. Then the other move that Zade Flowers did, which the, technically he didn't have to necessarily... Dive at the at the at the at the. Well, you, you, you well he did. He, he backed himself in right that, in that. Moment. But he could have. He should have tucked it better. He should have protected the ball better. So but it was a great play by Lejarius Need. It was, it was a, a great play. So that was it. And look, I'm not. I don't think we've given enough 
credit to Steve Spagnola and that defense. Yeah. Because that defense did a great job of making Lamar Jackson hold the ball for a long time, which means that their coverage downfield was good and forced him to have to try and put the ball in places he didn't want to put it. And then despite the fact that he got one play, which was a deflection, and he caught it himself for like 15 yards, it was nothing else to do for the day. Three turnovers will cost you. He caused a fumble. Uh, Look, this is going to be, in my opinion for the Ravens, this is a devastating loss. Yeah. This is going to be a long offseason. Yeah, Lamar Jackson gets the MVP. Well-deserved. But everyone's going to go, yeah, you got that, but... What have you done for me lately? The last team to get to the Super Bowl had Joe Flacco, and he was a Super Bowl MVP. So that's going to be hanging around for him for a while. They'll still have chances. I mean... And hang on, let me finish. And also, if you look at the AFC Central, which is a very difficult... AFC North, you mean. Sorry, AFC North, my mistake, which is a very, very difficult division. I say AFC Central back in the old days before realignment. Well, you, the, the, if you look at the that, yeah, that I mean, division, uh, yeah, uh, go. But I'm saying, Cleveland made it, Pittsburgh made it. If not for Joe Burrow getting hurt, Cincinnati had a good chance of making it. So it doesn't get easy. Cincinnati had a it good chance. It doesn't get easy. If, if Burrow didn't get injured, they would have probably won the division. But they they uh, maybe would have won the division. But that that's it. Everything gets harder now. So yes. that's it. All right, move on. They Next. still have some good talent. I mean, I like Tyler Lindebaum at center. I think he's going to be the next great center in football. Um, if Kelsey is going to retire, I think Tyler Lindebaum takes that next step. Um, obviously, Kyle Hamilton at, at safety is a beast. He's already an all-pro. He's fantastic. So I like the young talent that they have, but, man, it's going to get tougher. And that's probably their best chance since the Flacco year. Okay. Next one is the, the NFC Championship game where, you know, the uh, San Francisco 49ers Lodged to come back in the second half um, and beat the Lions 34-31. Detroit, you disappoint me. And specifically Dan Campbell. Man, look, you fall... I get he's aggressive, but there comes a point where you have to just say, just let's, let's not take any chances here. Because the point of football is to score. And he was down... Look... I don't mind the first time he tried to go for it. I don't mind that. Um, but they were down 27-24, to 24 and you decide to go for it. Just take the points. There was plenty of time on the clock, and maybe Detroit would have lost anyway. But take the points in that situation. You tie the game up, and you force the Niners to go down the field and score again. And maybe you have a better chance of sending it to overtime. I mean, there's a point where you have to... Say, look, I gotta reel it back, and let's just take the points here, and let's not take any risks. I get that Dan Campbell is aggressive. I get that. I get analytics. I, I, I'm a big proponent of analytics, but there's a time for analytics, and then there's a time for patience, for patience, and and being conservative in football. And that was the time where Dan Campbell should have just reeled it back. As for the rest of the game for Detroit. They got out to a dominating start, but they just did not adjust in the second half. They did not adjust. They The running game got stuffed. Uh, Jared Goff had a couple passes that didn't go his way, and it was just a collapse. And I don't think there's really one thing to blame for it. It was just a, it was just a collapse. Okay. So a few things. Um, I, you mentioned Dan Campbell. 
the fourth and three play. This was in the beginning of the second half. So, so in other words, in a nutshell, the way I see it is, if 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 the game was only thirty minutes, Detroit wins. So it's not. It's two halves. And so out of that, their drive it was fourth and three. You take the points because they kept saying during the regular season, Dan Campbell had the highest, you know, highest percentage of, of fourth down successes. That's during the regular season. Mm-hmm. It is the championship game. You kick the field goal, it's 27 to 10. You need you to force, score points. You need to score points. You force San Francisco to try to score three times. Now, I will say this. The pass that Purdy made that you caught overthrown, it went off the Detroit defender, happened to bounce up in the air, not down the ground. If that's the case, we start it again. So that was a big catch by Ayuk, taking nothing away from that. Um, and then things started tightening up. The Lions started tightening up. The fumble by Gibbs right after that. Yeah. There's another touchdown. Bad. It's tied. So that it all just started falling apart uh, for Detroit. And look, you got to tip your hat to them. I mean, at one point I was thinking, wow, could it actually happen? I don't know if you'd want Detroit anywhere near... Vegas in a Super Bowl. I can't see those guys being disciplined enough to deal with what Vegas offers. But that's none, that's neither here nor there. The point of the matter is Detroit is in, I suppose, in a good space because of this. The most important guy, Ben Johnson, isn't going anywhere. That yes, helps them. That huge. gives them a lot of hope for next season. That is massive. It, but it gets harder, too. The, the, Hang on. It gets harder. Yeah. They're in the, they are in the North, too. The NFC Packers. North. Packers are going to be there. Yeah. The Bears are going to be good. We know that. Uh, if, uh, but I think the Bears are going to go through another rebuild. It doesn't matter. It's, it, every team in that division will, is, will get better. That's if the Vikings actually go out and get a new quarterback. It doesn't matter. Uh, you just got to think that. That's why Dan Campbell said it. He said it's going to be harder. And he's trying to give his players an, up, I think, a, an indication. But, uh, the outlook for Detroit, though, it, it's on their side of things. It doesn't look bad. All of their rookies, Jameer Gibbs... Sam Laporta, um, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, well, Aiden Hutchinson's not a rookie, but uh, you got J- uh, Jack Campbell. They're still all on rookie deals, which is huge. But uh, same with Penay Sewell. But they, this was their best shot, especially with all of these guys being cheap. Now you got to pay them very soon, especially Penay Sewell's going to want a big bag because he's huge for that offensive line. Uh, Hutchinson's going to want his money when he when it comes due for him. Uh, and you won't have to worry about Gibbs, Campbell, or Laporta for a while, but this was your best shot, and it looked like everything was gelling together. This was it. So I don't know what happens from here. Campbell's definitely going to have to learn from his mistakes, and he's going to have to tone down his aggressiveness in order to have any success uh, moving forward. But considering how he was talking, saying he doesn't regret it, I... mm, I you, well look on one hand you can't really say go out there as a head coach and say yeah I I screwed up you can't you can't really do that otherwise the media is going to get on your back but like that sounds headstrong to me that to me anyway so we'll see what happens with Detroit but on the San Francisco side of things this was the first uh, win that Kyle Shanahan has had coming back from a deficit yeah and so I suppose out of that. They were lucky twice because they could have lost against Green Bay. Oh yeah, and they could have lost in this game. They, they should have lost. They've been, they've been dancing. They should have. They've been dancing through the raindrops these playoffs. So, but they're here, right? And so they're here, and we're just gonna we're not gonna make predictions about the Super Bowl today. We will have a Super Bowl sort of warm up special next Friday, and we'll discuss 
the X's and O's. We'll discuss our thoughts on it, so we'll move forward. Now, I guess incidentally, when we're talking about NFL, there's no games this weekend, but there is movement as far as coaches are concerned. Yeah. So we now have another uh, vacant, had another vacancy. It's now closed. The Washington Commanders, having moved off Ben Johnson, who said thanks but no thanks, have decided to go with the mighty Quinn. Dan Quinn is now the new head coach. I don't like it. This new ownership group, post-Daniel Schneider now, uh, made the decision for Dan Quinn. Uh, I'm not sure how you hire somebody who gave up that many, whose defense gave up that many points in a divisional game, uh, a wild-card game, that's the Cowboys he was with, and someone who had a dramatic collapse in one of the most uh, ridiculous Super Bowl comebacks ever against Patriots Rams head coach of the Falcons. What say you? Um, he never got over that collapse as evidenced by the 2020 season where they blew multiple two-score leads um, in multiple games week after week. They did it against Dallas. They did it against Chicago. They did it against Detroit. And they did it against um, Tampa Bay that year. That's and But the Tampa Bay one was after Quinn left. But um, I think Dan Quinn, he's so hit or miss when it comes to a, a coordinator job, nowadays at least. Um, and, and even back when Seattle, he got carried by the Legion of Boom to relevance. But um, and even and as a head coach, he was straight up bad. He wasn't a good head coach. He, he was getting carried by talent, and the Commanders don't really have the talent right now. At least on the defensive side of the thing uh, side of things, they're probably going to draft Drake May this 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 year at number two overall. Um, that'll give. Uh, guys like Jahan Dotson and um, and uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, a guy with a good deep deep throw, but um, I'm just not liking this fit because Quinn isn't a great head coach, and yeah, he'll get his guy under center, but I'm I'm not liking it either. Yeah, considering I, his recent body of work, right? Um, I think that I was surprised. I suppose I. I'm under the impression, obviously, that they were disappointed about Ben Johnson saying no. Cause Jen, oh, yeah. Ben Johnson was their first choice. Because Ben Johnson's an offensive-minded coach. And I believe that that's where the commanders should have went, not a defensive-minded coach. They already came off that with Ron Rivera. They didn't need another defensive-minded coach, but we'll hope and wish, wish good luck for that. Now, yeah. a couple more filling of vacancies. Uh, the L.A. Chargers finally got the person they always wanted, and that was or is... Jim Harbaugh. So Jim Harbaugh is accepted to be the next coach of the L.A. Chargers. I'll tell you what. I was very surprised that he came back to the NFL in general. No. I, I thought he was done. I was never surprised. We've had this discussion before saying it's got to be the right. I said it, it's got to be the right job, the right place, the right time. And everything lined up for Jim Harbaugh. Okay. Michigan won a national championship. Yeah. Tick. Beat Ohio State again this season. Tick. I mean, you know, all the ticks that were happening. Now, if he had come up short in the national championship, maybe Jim Barhaball stays another year. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, Michigan were trying to lock him into this full, like, long-term contract, which he didn't sign after the national championship. I thought to myself that Jim Harbaugh has unfinished business, but is going to go to a team that already has what? A ready-to-go quarterback, and that yeah. is Justin Herbert. So it's it's a it's a win win. Harbaugh gets probably a lot more say so on personnel and et cetera, uh, and he's got a very hands off owner in the Spanos 
Spanos team. They're, gonna, yeah, they're not going to be in his this, face. The, 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 Dean Spanos is a terrible owner, though. But so it doesn't matter. He'll have gonna, to deal with him. Yeah, but it's one thing to be a terrible owner. It's another thing to be an irritatingly annoying owner. Jerry Jones. So that's the difference, okay? But um, looking at this fit for Harbaugh, yes, he gets a, a ready-made quarterback, superstar quarterback in Justin Herbert. But the rest of the team, it's a Fabergé egg. It's a bunch of veterans who have not performed well. Uh, well, that's what he's going to J- have to J.C. Jackson had a terrible year. Khalil Mack had sort of a bounce-back year. Um, you had Austin Eckler having a so-so year. Well, he was only signed to like, one-year contract. The, so the offensive can't. line is still an issue. Oh. The, 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 the receiving room is still an issue. Quentin Johnson, as a rookie, did not perform well. Okay. They, they, they have no depth. So they're going to have to figure that out quick, smart, well, to, to, to supply... Okay. Justin Herbert with a good right. team. Well, that's what you do when you hire a new coach, right? You get rid of the old, bring in a new, and he has got a lot of work to do, like any other coach that's been hired. And speaking of which... And they'll have a new GM as well. And speaking of which, the Atlanta Falcons did not hire Bill Belichick. They hired Raheem Morris. Now, Raheem Morris, at the time, was the LA Rams' defensive coordinator. He has coaching experience. He did coach the Buccaneers many moons ago, way before Bruce Arian showed up. Um, I don't know about this move. I don't know. I think I would say that this is more of a consolation because there was obviously, in my opinion, stuff that Belichick wanted to do that perhaps Arthur Blank was not prepared to give up. I don't yeah. know. But I think the best move for the Falcons this offseason will be trying to execute a trade for Justin Fields. I think getting him as a, Justin Fields is a good quarterback and I think he'll thrive with a different organization. And I think the fa- Atlanta would be a, the best place for him. Uh, he's got they have a good homegrown offensive line starting to develop. They have a good defense starting to develop. They have some ready-made weapons in Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Bijan Robinson sat there waiting, ready for him. I think they should. I think whoever's there, I think you pull the trigger on trade him for Justin Fields because and I think Chicago will be willing to do it if you give them the right package to do it. I think. Maybe a second rounder and then a late round pick would be a good package for Justin Fields. Maybe that'd be a bit too much. Maybe a one second rounder. But I, you have to get yourself a good quarterback. I think Justin Fields with this team is going to thrive. Um, but the rest of the team in general, it has good pieces. They just need the right voice, and hopefully Raheem Morris is the right one. Okay. Um, so that's now I suppose if, if I'm correct, there are no more positions available. Unless Seattle's still out there, which I haven't heard about Seattle being hiring a head coach. Maybe Seattle's still the position that's out there, I guess. Well, because I, ten- th- I think Tennessee is gone. I believe Mike McDonald okay, is so, in principle for Seattle. Okay, there you go. So you don't have any more positions because open. Because they were waiting um, to see if Baltimore would make the Super Bowl. They right. obviously didn't. So they uh, agreed in principle with Mike McDonald okay, to, so for, there you them go. To, for them to hire him as their next head coach. So there you go. I mean, I think it's pretty surprising, right? Because you got... Two guys out, well, three guys out there, uh, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, and Mike Vrabel, who are unemployed and will obviously be heading towards towards a um, NFL, uh, you know, NFL well, news booth soon enough. The only person I could see staying in football is Pete Carroll and going back to college because he knows the college game. Yeah, he knows the college game, and he can make himself a crap ton of money right. going to a school that needs a revamp. And all the while, all the while, the person who should be blessing the sky. Uh, once again, is Robert Sala. Because as dreadful as he is as a head coach, 
with a well under 500 record. He gets to keep his job, and you got he's not the a first ballot Hall coach. of Fame head coach he, in Bill Belichick. He's not a dreadful head coach, and a pretty good, pretty good. What? I disagree. Pretty good, okay, and a pretty good head coach in Mike Vrabel. Those guys are out in the win. Now, fair enough. Belichick would never, ever, ever go back to the Jets, no matter what the Jets gave him, because he left them with a napkin saying, "I'm out." Yeah, but not Vrabel. You mean to tell me Mike Vrabel? Is not better than Robert Sala as a head coach? Are you He's, kidding me? He, Vrabel is a better head coach. Right. But I don't think Sala is a dreadful head not coach. Not that I really care because as a Giant fan, to watch the Jets go down in flames this upcoming season, I'll be rubbing my hands together with absolute delight. <laughs> let's move on. All right. Let's move on indeed. All right. So is Kevin Durant... Justified to consider himself a goat. So, look, there was something on, I think Kevin Durant kind of blurbed out something or said something on social media because when he talks, everybody listens about, you know, hey, how come I can't be considered the goat? So I'm just going to pay an excerpt with Stephen A. Smith. You haven't won a championship without Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. What haven't you done? You didn't lead Oklahoma City to a title when Russell Westbrook was your teammate. When Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Serge Ibaka. And Reggie Jackson were your teammates before that when you went up against Miami a decade or more than a decade ago. You didn't win a championship when you were in Brooklyn. Here's what else you didn't do. You didn't lead when they needed you to lead. I not only respect Kevin Durant, I revere him. He's a good brother. He's a sensational yes. superstar basketball player. He's a mm-hmm. sure-fire future first ballot Hall of Famer without question. He is one of the greatest players we have ever seen. But when we talk about the greatest, if you're going to depart from a Steph Curry after swing. Okay. Okay. So, what do you what say you about this? I don't think Stephen A. Smith's wrong. I think it depends on in what context Kevin Durant says he's a goat. If you're talking about, you know, a greatest, a greatest player, so maybe not so much goat, but a goat, a greatest player of all time, he's up there. Absolutely. We know he's yeah, up there, definitely. But I can understand Stephen A.'s argument, and a lot of people think the same thing, myself included, to say, "Hang on, you had the chance to build something in Oklahoma City, having that franchise move from Seattle, right, to go to Oklahoma City and have talent around you like a Westbrook, like a Harden, like an Ibaka." To go one time to the finals, lose to, by all accounts, a more ready team as in the Miami Miami Heat, then go, I'm out of here. I'm going to jump ship to that that boat that's the SS Warriors that I feel that still would have won without him. But he went there and made them even better. So mm-hmm. there's always that contention that when things get got rough, Karen Durant would just jump ship. He went to Brooklyn after that, you know, basically was happy to be there. And then what happened? Kyrie got stupid, James Harden got stupid, and he said, I'm out of here. Yeah. So I don't know if, if – I don't think Kevin Durant's legacy will be he's a guy who cannot feel like he can stay in one place and people build around him. He'll just go somewhere else where things are already built. Um, I've had a lot of years to mull over what Kevin Durant is because I was, I was watching the Oklahoma City Thunder closely – in the mid, in the early and mid 2010s, when I was around 9, 10, 11, 12. And I was watching this team uh, come so close so many times and just never really finish off. Um, the Western Conference Finals in 2014 really cemented in my head yeah, this team, I don't think they're ever going to win a championship with how they're built. They're good. They, they were missing Harden, they missed his presence, 
and they should have just paid the luxury tax to to give him a five-year, $60 million max contract, which, compared to the deals nowadays, is peanuts. But um, when Kevin Durant did jump ship to the, the dark side, if you will, to the Warriors, it left a sour taste in my mouth. But watching him in the 2017 Finals and the 2018 Finals, he was the difference. He was the difference. I don't think anybody can can disagree with that, that he was the difference for that Warriors team. A team that, he was dynamic on both ends. A team that didn't really have a legitimate rim protector, he became that. A team that didn't really have that superstar wing scorer, he he became that. He was, when Curry slipped up, he was there all the time. He was that dude for the Warriors. And I believe, it, and 100%, if he's healthy, in the 2019 finals, we're not talking about a championship for Toronto. But is he in the class of LeBron and Jordan? No, I don't believe so. Because of the reasons you've already stated. He's never cemented a legacy in one, possibly two particular spots. He's left a trail of fan bases angry and upset at him, such as the such as the Oklahoma City Thunder, who still Nets. regard him as a traitor. The Nets don't have a fan base. I'm not even regarding <laughs> them. But the the Oklahoma City Thunder fans are still upset with him to this day, and I don't blame him for being so. Um, the the Phoenix Suns fans are still kind of upset with him for creating this mess. Um, and Nets fans, if there even are any out there in Brooklyn, um, are also upset with him for draining draft capital and time. Okay. All right, so next question to you. Should the NBA move swiftly towards suspending Dylan Brooks? I didn't see what happened. I didn't see what went on, to be totally honest. Because I've tuned out of any Rockets content. I've tuned out of any Rockets news or media. Um, I didn't see what happened, so you're going to have to enlighten me. So there was a game the other day where Houston was hosting the Lakers. And, you know, I guess there's some connection there between Dylan Brooks and LeBron James. Uh, a couple plays in question. There was one layup that Jared Vanderbilt was making and got fouled, but Dylan Brooks literally pushed him, you know, underneath the basket, which caused Alan, uh, Vanderbilt to sort of fly okay. far under. And there okay. was no call on that. Later on in the game, LeBron James had gone up for a layup, or, or yeah, I think a layup, and then was basically slapped down on the head by Brooks. And then so there was no calls, and LeBron was absolutely enraged with the, you know, referees pointing to his head saying, you know, and so. You know, that's Dylan Brooks. Yeah. I, I don't think anything's come of it. I don't think he's been fined. I don't think he's been suspended. He's an, he's an irritant. I mean, he yeah. really is. And he, I don't think he's learned anything. I, uh, think, I think Memphis learned. Yeah, they yeah. did. Um, and I do I think they should... Sus- it, for fouls like that, I definitely believe the league should be taking a look. Um, Dylan Brooks, uh, I don't think... I, in the words of Tim Thomas, I think he's fugazi. I think he's fugazi. He plays like he's tough, and he and he does all these dirty things. But I think he does it for to be relevant. I think he's fugazi, honestly. He's not he's not a tough guy. He doesn't act like one. Uh, one. He just he he acts like a thug for relevance. He for clicks for views. I think he's. What do you need that for? You've got an eighty million dollar contract on a on a war on a Rockets team that's still finding its way. I mean, you're one of supposed to be at least one of the elder statesmen. On that team, Wouldn't you're certainly it. not acting like it. So I don't, I don't care about this whole 
Dylan Brooks debacle. He's he's he acts like a thug for for views and clicks. Um, and yeah, that's his that's his prerogative. Okay, next story here. Yeah. Next question. Uh, yeah, bigger homecoming uh, with the sale of the uh, of ownership of the Baltimore Orioles. What will this team finally find help? Well, by all accounts, the Angelos family have decided that it's time. They've been in. They've been installed. They've been you know long term owners for over thirty years, particularly in, in line with the opening of uh, uh, Camden Yards. So uh, they've they've agreed to sell the Orioles to Baltimore native and billionaire David Rubenstein, and the Orioles we purchased for one point seven five billion, which is like astronomically higher than when the Angelos bought it. But I kind of, it's still a bargain considering the prices of sports franchises nowadays. Yep. But Baltimore I would I I envy Baltimore Orioles fans because y'all must be giddy at what's going on here. Because not only have you gone through a season where you had one hundred wins or one hundred and one wins, whatever it was. Yeah. You have a potential franchise cornerstone at the catcher position in Adley Rutschman. You have another franchise cornerstone in Gunnar Henderson. You have more prospects on the way like Jordan Westberg and Heston Kierstad. Mm-hmm. And you have a potential ace on the mound in Grayson Rodriguez who still needs some development. And now you have finally, but that was the biggest concern in the offseason for me with the Orioles. Is John Angelos actually going to plunk down the money to help this team compete? And I had serious doubts that he was that he had the willingness or the metal to be able to do that to sacri- to put down some of his own money to feel the competitive product. Okay. So- and what they and he decided, you know what, I'm out. So now new ownership has wasted no time, and they traded for Corbin Burns. Yeah, it was a good move. Which is huge. A yeah. former Cy Young winner. And the package, when I saw the headline, I'm like, okay, they probably had to give up one of Jordan Westberg or Heston Kirstad to do it. They didn't have to give up either of them. Yeah, Not, n- or, even Col- or even Colton Kowser. Yeah. None of them. They gave up D.O. Hall and another, another long shot prospect and the 34th pick in the next draft. Which is a, which is a bargain for a guy like Corbin Burns. Yeah, so... I suppose it helped. The timing couldn't be better because what you have now is stability and ownership and then potential free agents. And I also think more importantly, that's, that stable ownership will be able to look towards securing their youth. The one thing about the Orioles, which has taken a long time to get right, but it's finally paying off, is their farm system. Yeah. And bringing up the talent. And over the years, getting rid of... You know, high-priced free agents to get the talent and be bad for a while. But now they have potential to sign up those young guys and sprinkle in some free agents. So it's nothing but good news if you're. If oh, you're an it's Oral huge! Fan. And also getting rid of the tyranny that is John Angelos when he did that stupid thing of the um, suspending Kevin Brown for doing nothing. Right. That commentator. Okay, so uh, we're going to come in the end of the show. We'll do it at, at around this times. At around this time, 37 years ago, the Giants, they won their first Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos, 39-20. to It was an absolute great game uh, played. Uh, Denver uh, didn't look good, and that's good for your, for the Giants. Uh, How old were you when that happened? So I was maybe 15 when they won, so that was a long time ago. You got to see LT. I got to see LT. I got to see Phil Simms, who had a nearly flawless game. 
and um, Phil McConkie, uh, former uh, wide receiver and punt returner. So that was a great game uh, for the Giants, who at the time had coach Bill Parcells, defensive coordinator Bill Belichick. Mm. So uh, that's a good time. Uh, also, hold on. Sorry about that. Oh, she's missing other things. Uh, congratulations to LeBron James. The most all-star games passing Kareem at 20. I mean, it's it, like I've said about LeBron many, many times before. The accolades and the stats are going to continue to pile up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Congratulations to the uh, H8 Baseball Hall of Fame inductees. So we have Adrian Beltre. Yes. We have Joe Maurer. Mm-hmm. We have Jim Leland as manager. Yeah. And Todd Helton. I think all of those picks are well-deserved. It is kind of sad to me to see very little mention of guys like um, guys like Beltran or Ray Rod or and even no mention of Bonds. Uh, mm, still, we know why. I I still believe we he know should, why. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. We know why. Yeah, I, we all know why. We all know why we those guys. Why. Uh, Bonds, Clemens, Schilling. You name it. I disagree. There. I disagree that. Um, Cle- Clemens or uh, maybe Cle- no Clemens and Bond should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think Schilling should because he was using PEDs his whole career. Okay, Bonds and Clemens were confirmed. McGuire, so, McGuire probably not. Sosa, Sosa probably okay, not. Okay, so you can't you can't pick and choose. If there's somebody who's been doing these things and they're look, I know there's a lot of it's a very polarizing subject for a lot of people. Some people think those guys should be in without any question. Whatever they did was whatever they did. You can't. Escape the achievements, but if they, in my opinion, whatever they did uh, aided to their achievements, so I say no. Oh, that's a, that's that's. Well, I still believe it's uh, like I've said before. It's harder to hit a baseball than it is to hit one hard. Okay, and that's what Bonds did at better than anybody else. I think, but he was a generational talent even before he touched a steroid. All right, a sadly reflective at around this time, Kobe uh, Bryant and his daughter Gianna uh, died in a. Terrible, terrible helicopter crash. That's not crash. to mention the others who were Yes, on the others. Let's not forget the others. But they're the most... They were notable because of who they were. But it's, it's sad. It's still shocking to me that it's four years on. Um, I I still don't think it's real. I still have not processed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still remember the day I, I woke up. I looked at YouTube. I saw it on ESPN. And I was half asleep. I was like... No, no way. I'm di- my brain's playing tricks with me. Yeah, yeah. And I walk in the lounge room, and mom, m- mom points me to the TV, and it's confirmed. And I was yeah. And, and as you saw throughout the day, senior, I was numb. Mm-hmm. I was numb mm-hmm. because I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So, and reflecting on the career four years on, it still stands as bright as anyone in in NBA history and basketball history, really. Yes. Um, there is still discussion to be had around his life, but okay. his legacy lives on. Okay. At around this time, 24 years ago, the then St. Louis Rams beat the Titans with the famous one-yard stoppage. Sam that, Dyson. Sam Dyson that, that stopped that play, um, and that moves on, and that was it for the – that was a one and only championship for St. Louis Rams, who, of course, went back to L.A. Yeah. And happy birthday, belated birthday, Dominic Hasek, 59 years old. He, one, of course, one of the great, One of the greatest goalies. Two-time in, winner for the Red two Wings. Ti- two-time champion with the Red Wings. Played a um, lot of years with he, the Sabres. He won unlimited – like, I'm not sure how many Vezinas he won, but he won a lot yep. of Vezina trophies. Uh, easily one of the best goal- goalies ever in NHL history. Um, he's right behind. He's right there with guys like Bordeaux, 
guys like guys like um, Lungfist. Yeah, yeah. He's like just some of the best of all time. And lastly, Even Cujo. And lastly, happy belated birthday, Davy Johnson. He turns eighty-one. He, of course, the former uh, World Series winning manager of the New York Mets. Not only managed the Mets, managed the Orioles during the nineties when the Orioles were really good, but not quite good enough to get there. Also managed the Reds and managed the Washington Capital. I mean, not Capitals, Washington Senators. So happy belated birthday to him. Yeah. And that's our show for this week. If you're coming from any other platform, welcome. welcome. We do this thing once a week. This coming Friday, we will have our Super Bowl special. And just to quickly mention, like I did at the start of the episode, on the 12th of February is Super Bowl our time here in Sydney, Australia. Australian Eastern Standard Time, we will have the Super Bowl live stream. I will confirm the time when that live stream will start on our Super Bowl special immediately when the episode starts. Uh, in the description of this episode, you will find a link to the YouTube page. Uh, that is where the stream will be. I will put a schedule, a, a scheduled stream up there, ready to go. So if you want to hop in there and uh, give it a wait, then you can. But we will see you for the Super Bowl special. Ciao.